Our scripture lesson, and if you're able to stand for the reading of God's infallible and inerrant word, is from the third chapter of the book of Philippians. And we're going to begin um, with the 12th verse and go through the 14th. Now, Paul is writing here uh, a testimony to the Philippians and the previous uh, verses are a warning to the church against false teachers and, and those that add things to the faith that ought not be there, uh, but also a testimony about his own life since uh, that he felt uh, unworthy to be an apostle, and yet uh, God called him, and while he had had lots of fame as a Jewish leader, he had left all these behind and counted his worldly fame among the Jews as nothing. And so he begins now talking about the resurrection. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to having apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press on for the goal, for the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. O Lord, bless us with your word and with your spirit, we pray in Christ's holy name. Amen. Well, it's a, it's a new year. Um, so far, I have not written any checks that I dated 2018. But that's always a challenge. And, and the new year is a day that a, lot, a time that a lot of people make resolutions. Um, George Morris called me uh, December the 31st, and George said, I made a resolution to lose 15 pounds this year. And um, he ca I saw him at the, the deacon's dinner, and it was a lovely dinner, Ray and Donna, thank you. We all had a great time. But I, he was talking to me at the, the deacon's dinner about all of his activities at Christmas. I said, well, how, here it is the 6th of January. How's that resolution to lose 20 pounds going? I mean, to lose 15 pounds going. He says, well, I'm just 20 pounds away. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we make all kinds of resolutions. And usually those resolutions have, do, you know, uh, have something to do with uh, losing weight or uh, uh, saving more money or taking a cruise or doing this or that. Um, and we're always looking for some kind of new beginning in that, in that kind of way. But I'd like to pose for you today that what about seeing the new year? What about seeing the new year as another God-given opportunity for a spiritual new beginning? to have greater holiness in our life as the goal. And I believe desiring to please God more and more ought to be, and generally is, the goal of all true Christians. 
to be more pleasing to God in all our ways. Have you ever, or do you ever, take an honest and in-depth spiritual examination of your own life? Do you ever do that? I believe that's something that every believer ought to do, and they ought to do it with some regularity. And we ask the Holy Spirit to shine His light upon our hearts to reveal to us those things that are needful in our life as Christians. I'll let hell's angels get by. But, um, <laughs> but to, to look into our own life in depth. God is gracious when he points out in our life those things that ought not be there. And the reason God does that is that God knows that everything in our life that is not of him affects the closeness of our relationship with him. And he wants our relationship with him to be the most intimate and close relationship we have with anyone. I've looked at my life and I see sins of commission. That's an old term we don't use much anymore. But that's things in my life I do that I ought not to do. I've made a list of them. And I'm praying over them and I'm asking God to take those out of my life. You know... Sometimes people uh, criticize the church by criticizing the membership. I, I've had that happen here. Now, it's going to come as a shock to you, but sometimes people who are not a part of the church have criticized some of you. I don't want that to depress you. It happens all the time, and most of those criticisms are invalid. I've had one person say to me, the church is full of hypocrites. I said, oh, that's the most wonderful news I've heard all week. <laughs> and they had a puzzled look on their face, and I said, because those hypocrites are the only place that that hypocrisy is going to be taken out of their life is through the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. You, however, my friend, exempt yourself from the healing of the hypocrisy that both you and I know is in your own life. Mike's aware of that situation. I don't think that person likes me much anymore. But, but I always tell people, listen, you've got this wrong. Being a part of the church is not about following the followers. I, of all men, I would say with Paul, am, am least worthy to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. But it's not about following the followers, although we certainly want to set a good example. But it's about following the leader. And who is the leader? The Lord Jesus Christ. And I ask them, are you following that leader? The devil has all kinds of tricks he plays on unbelievers to keep them in chains. But... But what I want to say today that as we believers, as we examine our life, we must root out those things in our life that do not bring glory and honor to
after Christ. And I promise you, every person in this room, myself included, has those things. For some, it may be very minor. The, the, um, but the, the, but for some, it's major. That does not destroy your salvation, but it certainly affects your witness and your closeness to God. And how do you overcome those? You overcome those in prayer, in asking the Lord through the power of the Holy Spirit to keep you from all temptation, to keep you close to him. And I promise you, there's a little secret on dealing with temptation. I learned it from reading uh, the, the life of John Wesley, the great Methodist founder. And, and he was struggling after he became a Christian that temptation still came into his life. And he said, I seem to be powerless so often in dealing with those. Have you ever felt that way? And, and, um, and, and, and Peter Bowler, the great Moravian, said, John... Every time you are tempted, you think of Jesus Christ hanging on the cross. And when you think of Jesus Christ hanging on the cross, knowing he is there because of sin, the power of those temptations will flee. My friends, I promise you that works. The devil will try to keep you from doing that, but I promise you it works. Then... Um, as, as we also have those uh, sins of commission, of doing, we are also afflicted, aren't we, by sins of omission, of not doing. And I think most believers have more problem with that than they do the sins of commission. Where we omit to do in and with our life those things we know God wants us to do. You know, directors, every time you sing that last song that you sung, I think of my dear old uncle, S.L. Rigney, who ran a little country general store in Middle Tennessee. And I know many instances, I worked on his farm every summer, I know many instances when he would hear of a family in need of food and often they did not know from whence it came that he would send them food and all of us are faced with opportunities to help someone at some time maybe not in in the, this that way but in some way you've got a neighbor who's grieving and dealing with sorrow and so often we don't go when all they need sometimes is just a loving friend to sit there and listen. This church has a great opportunity to extend its witness. Did you know that? Did you know that there are people in this church that have labored and worked hard and researched and are raising funds to, to help us do a work that will not be done unless we do it? And that is our mission trip to affect and help God's work as it's going on in the Dominican Republic. And you know, I am embarrassed to say that only two people have signed up to sacrifice a week of their life 
to extend God's kingdom. That's what I'm talking about. Sins of omission. Things we could do, but we prefer to do something else. And those are all around us. And I deal with them too. You know. But the new year is the opportunity to truly confess our sins and have those changed. I want to be a different person spiritually at the end of 2019 than I am now. Do you want that? Do you pray for that? I want those sins of commission out of my life. I want those sins of omission corrected through obedience and service. The Apostle Paul writing to the church at Philippi. Now, a little bit about the church at Philippi. He had a lot of difficult churches in his ministry. Church at Corinth, I'm sure, about kept him up at night. But not so with the Philippians. The gospel seemed to have taken hold to the depth of that church's life. And even when they, he hadn't heard from them in a long time, they found out he had need and he, they raised the funds and took care of that need of his missionary work. They had a special love. But what does Paul tell them? He said, you know, I've not attained to the righteousness. And none of us have, have we? But you know, one of the things the devil does, and let me warn you about this. The devil wants to make you continue to feel guilty about the past. Did you know that? He wants you to continue to convict yourself about things of the past that you've repented of and confessed and turned from. My friend Steve Vargo, who was really a bad guy until he got saved. Nobody liked him. But sometimes even after he was saved, people would bring up things he'd done in the past. That's why I never get invited home to preach. But that, that they would bring up things in the past. And he would say, I am not that person anymore. Those sins are forgiven. And that's what Paul is saying. Those things in your life, whether, whether it's uh, uh, a sins you've committed or even things that made you feel significant in the past when you weren't. He, said, he says, I have... I have forgotten all of those things. Those things are all behind me. Those things are, are not important to me. You know, he says in one place in the previous verses, I count those things as loss. That term, Greek term loss is for manure, unclean. I count, and they were good things. Some, I count those things as loss. To receive that in Christ. That, that, and so, dear friends, I want to urge you today to, to take an inventory of your life. You know, George, you can lose that 15 pounds. You might look a little better. Not much. But, um, but and that's true of all of us. But in eternity... Skinny or fat is not going to make any difference. In eternity, the 
relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and reaching on towards his heavenly goals for us is what counts. And I want to tell you this. I told a person the other day that as I was encouraging them to come to Christ, they need Christ so bad. I told them, I said, in your life, I don't care what you accomplish, it's never going to have any real purpose until you start living out Christ's purpose. That's true. And, and so Paul says, those things are behind me. Now, what's my agenda now? What's your agenda now? Those things are behind me. He says, but my agenda is to press on towards those things which Christ has set before me, those callings, those, those, the calling to holiness, the calling to service, the calling to ministry. And anything that, that stands in the way of that is not good for us spiritually. I hope all of our goal will be, Lord Jesus, forgive me those sins I've committed and am committing. Take them out of my life. Purify me. Help me to crucify them. Because I know they hurt my relationship with you. Those things, Lord Jesus, that I need to be doing, uh, get me off my sorry duff and, and, and by your power, get me to the work. It would thrill me if we had to get busy and raise $100,000 between now and March to send that many people to the Dominican Republic. It would thrill me if all of us took it upon ourselves to be passionately concerned for our lost family and friends. My personal prayer and goal for this church this year is that this will be the year that Lakeview Church will see more conversions and people coming to Christ. And that's, that's going to be the intention of my preaching you know, I'm getting old. My time on this earth and probably this church is winding down. But I want to wind it up. No, that is our calling to make other disciples. Don't forget it. Whether it's in Dominican Republic or whether it's in Lakeview. We need to press on. That ought to be our real spiritual resolution. Lord, I'm going to press on to be the man or woman, the boy or girl in Christ that you want me to be. Look at your life. Just, just go home today and look at your life. What things are in your life that are ungodly? What things in your life and callings in your life you know are godly, but you're putting off or not doing? And then say, Lord, I want to put this whole attitude and these whole ways behind me. I want to start pressing on towards that goal, towards the kingdom ways. That's what I want to begin as we begin this new year. And I want you to expand that in my life as long as I live. Amen. It's a wonderful thing that whatever sins we come with today, and we do, you know, church is uh, not about uh, a display case for the saints. It's a hospital for sinners. We all, need, we all need treatment. I do. 
It's a wonderful thing to know the promise of Scripture, though. I want to tell you, don't trust your feelings. Feelings come and go. Trust God's Word. It's forever. And that God's Word says to this, however you are, whatever state you are in life right now, that this is from Scripture. All of those who truly repent of their sins and seek a new life in Christ are forgiven. Think about that. Think about that. Though your sins be as scarlet, Isaiah wrote, looking forward to the coming of the Messiah, which he was unable to see, but he saw some things. He says, he's talking about when the Messiah comes, though your sins be as scarlet, they'll be made white as snow. Though they be as crimson, they'll be made like wool. Think about that. And all that's required of us is to repent. Metanoia, to turn away and seek that new life in Christ. And if that's your heart and that spirit, and after you receive these symbols today and you've made that faith commitment, you're going to walk out those doors a different person. Do you know that? You're going to walk out clean. You're going to walk out with your feet set upon a new road. Isn't that wonderful news? Our faith, the true faith, is the only faith in the earth that preaches and teaches that. But it's the truth. Jesus' blood will wash away every sins of your past, will overpower the present, and will keep you to eternity.